This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. And out joining me on this episode of the Top Cat Sales Podcast is Mr. John Jansen, one of the greatest O-linemen, and specifically right tackles in the history of Michigan football. John, how's it going? Oh, man, I, I, I couldn't be more excited about this weekend and about our football team. I know there's some things we got to keep working on, but um, it's football season. It's Michigan football. How can you not be excited? Oh, God, I mean, a big rivalry game, and I know you know a lot about that as a, a former player at Michigan, how big that rivalry in state with Michigan State truly is. And you were a man that served as a captain for the 97 U of M football national championship squad, among many accolades. And first and foremost, uh, coming out of Clawson and out of Clawson High School, what made you choose the University of Michigan? Well, it was, uh, it was an easy choice for me, and, uh, and I actually just had a, a, a date that I remember very vividly in my mind. October 2, 1993 is when uh, Coach Moeller offered me a scholarship, and I couldn't shake his hand and, and say yes fast enough because uh, Michigan was, it was a place where it, it just felt like it was home, and it's always been home to me. Um, when I was on my visits, uh, whenever I was around the team, it just it just felt like this is where I was supposed to be. It's where I, what, what I was supposed to be doing. And, and you know, when, when I looked at Michigan, it was not just the football team because obviously we've got a great tradition. And, and if any kid could have a dream, you know, one of those dreams would be to wear the winged helmet, run out of the tunnel, hit the banner, you know, play in front of 111,000 people. And that's all, that's all part of it. But the fact of the matter was I was able to – get a degree from the University of Michigan, um, and and that's something, one of the things I'm, I'm most proud of. And John, you know, great academically, U of M is, great in football, rich in tradition, and you had a heck of a career, obviously, made the most of your time, uh, as I said, serving as a captain for that 97 U of M football national championship squad, also being a 98 All-American, and being part of two Big Ten championship squads. And you already kind of talked about how it meant so much to you just to get great academics at U of M and what you accomplished through U of M with that, but... On the football field, and in totality, John, what was your fondest memory from playing for the Wolverines? You know, it, it's it's really hard to, to really narrow it down to, to one memory because there are so many great things that, that I was able to experience. And, you know, if I were to say one, it would have to be uh, at some point during that 97 season, that was uh, that was a historical year for the University of Michigan and, and you know, such an important time. And every player on that team's life because we were a part of history. We put our stamp on one of the most storied, uh, you know, programs in, in college football. And, you know, at the end of the year, playing Ohio State in the big house with a chance to go undefeated, uh, you know, something that a Michigan football team hadn't done in, in a long, long time. And, you know, to be able to, to sing the victors in front of our fans, celebrate with them, know we were going to the Rose Bowl, um, that's got to be, you know, that's got to be one of the top two. And, and maybe the other one that would be tied with it was being out at Washington State, you know, and, and in Pasadena playing against uh, the great Ryan Leaf uh, and the offense that they had. And at the end of the game, it was it was so surreal that even to this day, I, I kind of look at my national championship ring and, and, I, and I think, how was that possible? How were we, were we able to do something so special? And to see guys celebrate 
and you know we all felt like we were about four years old and you know every little kid's dream had just come true and it was just an unbelievable feeling yeah what a surreal moment and nothing much more special and beautiful than a national championship ring i bet and i would love to get my hands on one and you have your hands on one and uh what a great honor and you're a part of michigan football history and lore because of it john and John Jansen is my guest on this episode of the Top Cat Sales Podcast. And John, you had a heck of an NFL career as well, spending much of your time with the Redskins, who you were drafted by in 99 in the second round of the NFL draft. And did you have any inclination that you would be picked by the Redskins? No, I, I honestly thought I was going to go to Detroit. You know, at that time, Bobby Ross was the coach, and, and Coach Moeller was one of his assistant coaches, and, and uh, Shemmy Schembechler, I think at the time, was uh, no, he was with Chicago, and uh, when it, when it came time for you know Detroit's picks, I, I thought for sure that's where I was going. I had conversations with them, and it's where I wanted to be, and um, and it didn't work out. They ended up taking Aaron Gibson uh, from Wisconsin, and then we got into the second round, and you know my team growing up was the Bears, and uh, you know I think there was a lot of a lot of kids growing up in my age group that you know grew up as Bears fan because of the '85 Bears and the Super Bowl shuffle and. They had the 37th pick, and, and the phone rang, and I thought, holy cow, my dream, you know, not only did I get to play at Michigan, but I'm going to get to play for the Bears as well. And it was Russ Grimm from, from the Washington Redskins that they were trading up, um, I think, from 40 or 45 to, to take me at 37. And, um, you know, I couldn't have been happier to do that as well. I just didn't really I – didn't, I didn't realize that, that they were even interested at that time. I had talked to Russ maybe – in passing at, at one of the pro days, but that was about it. So, uh, but again, I was, I was fortunate. I went to an organization that had a great history of, of offensive linemen with the hogs and Joe Gibbs and Joe Bugle. And, and I was uh, very fortunate to play my career in, in, for, in, in almost the whole thing in one spot. Yeah, John, what a great legacy of linemen with the Hogs of the Washington Redskins. And you became one of those vital members of the line in Washington for so many years. And wanted to ask you, since I don't know much about it, my listeners would like to find out some info about it too. What is the process like leading up to being taken in the NFL draft? Well, it really starts, you know, as soon as you finish your, your bowl game, you know, you, you've got to find an agent. And nobody really wants an agent, but it's kind of a necessary evil at that point. Um, and so you, you go about the process of interviewing some people. And, um, you know, for me it was I didn't want somebody that was going to be my buddy. I wanted somebody that was going to do a job for me. They were going to work for me. And, um, you know, and I, and I interviewed probably five or six different people. And once you settle on a guy, then, you know, then you, you go through the process of how are you going to train for the combine and, for the most part, I did my training uh, in Ann Arbor. I did spend a couple of weeks down in Louisiana just to get some outdoor work in. Uh, but, you know, Mike Gittleston and, and the strength and conditioning coach, they were an elite group at that time and, you know, doing things that, that other, other teams, you know, had no idea of what to do and how to train and, and how to recover and nutrition and all those things. They were cutting edge. And so we had a huge advantage in, in getting ready for our pro day at Michigan, then the NFL Combine. You know, and, and going to the combine, gosh, it was uh, when you talk about they use the term meat market. You go into a room with with all the other offensive linemen, and all you're wearing is your underwear. And you know, they call your name, and you hop on the scale. They they shout out how much you weigh. They measure you know the width of your hand, the the length of your arm, you know your 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 wingspan. 
you know, how tall you are. And then they, you know, you've got to, you know, stand in front of this, I don't know, whiteboard or whatever, and you got a squat. They want to look at your flexibility. I mean, it really is, you know, it's like cattle moving through there and, and they're, they're just taking a look and see what they're going to buy. And, um, but it's, it's a great experience. And you go through the 40 yard dash the 225, you do some other position specific drills. And, um, and as soon as that's over, then it's really just a waiting game. Um, you have some interviews with teams and coaches and, you know, they'll fly you in. And, and I went down to Atlanta um, as one of them and, and you, they take you around their facility. They bring you into their, you know, offensive meeting rooms and they kind of quiz you a little bit on, and they want to know what kind of football knowledge you have. They have you diagram plays. They'll show you one of theirs. They see if you can pick it up or not. And, you know, there's a lot of different things like that that you go through. And then, you know, it's really just waiting for the phone to ring uh, on draft day. What was your 40 time, if you don't mind me asking? Gosh, I, that's so long ago, I don't remember. It was, <laughs> it was right around 5, 4, 9, 5, something like that. Were you satisfied with it? Because I know it's not as important for linemen to be quick, maybe more important than it used to be. But were you satisfied with that, too? Uh, I was satisfied with everything I did, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, a lot of these guys get, get upset because they don't have a great 40 time. But when it comes down to it, you know, and, and, and football is football. And, you know, for offensive linemen, the 40 is not, not as important. You know, if, if I'm running 40 yards, chances are whoever I'm chasing is going to be way faster than me. So, um, you know, it's, it's more of the 10-yard the split, the 20-yard split, the, uh, you know, the 25-yard the, the shuttle that you do. How do you change directions? Uh, but then football players, they got to understand, hey, those teams are going to turn on the film. And they're going to watch every game that you played in college. They're going to watch. They're even going to watch some practices because the coaches, you know, for Michigan, they want their guys to, to be seen on film. So they save that practice film. They show how guys work in practice, what they're working on, what they're doing. Um, and I was fortunate. I, I was able to start 50 games at Michigan. So I had a lot of film for those guys, for those scouts to look at. And um, that's, in my opinion, that's probably the, the, the most important thing is, is, putting good things on film, making sure you're working hard, and, and teams will find those guys. And, John, when you're a football player, there's not much better than being coached by the likes of C. Spurrier and Joe Gibbs, which you had the pleasure of receiving tutelage from while playing with the Redskins. So uh, tell my listeners and I, what was that like, those experiences being coached by Spurrier and Joe Gibbs with the Washington Redskins? Well, being coached by, by Joe Gibbs was obviously, you know, you got a guy that's a Hall of Fame coach, you know, Steve Spurrier and I were, were more like oil and water. It wasn't as much of a pleasure for me um, as most people might think. Uh, but he was only there for two years and then uh, decided to quit on us. So uh, we didn't have to live with him for too long. But Marty Schottenheimer was one of my coaches, and I, and I absolutely loved Coach Schottenheimer. He was, he was great to play for. He loved Michigan guys because he knew exactly what he was getting. There was no unknown. He knew the program that we came from. He knew we knew how to work. Um, and that we were going to do anything to win a football game. So I was very fortunate to play for a couple of guys that were not only, uh, you know, great people, great coaches, but, uh, you know, their, their, their part in the history of, of the NFL is, is very prominent as well. So to be able to associate those guys and learn from those guys was, was extremely, uh, uh, you know, it was just a great opportunity for me. As many of my listeners probably already know, John, uh, you finished your NFL career with the Detroit Lions. Did you always envision that being the case? I, every time my contract was up, I tried to find a way to get back to 
uh, get back to Detroit. And it never worked out until the, the very end of my career. And I was extremely happy to be able to finish my, my time uh, in Detroit because I was able to play in front. My family is still there. My coach, my high school coaches, everybody that I knew in Ann Arbor, um, you know, I was able to, to get back to more Michigan football games and get to practices. And um, that was really uh, another dream come true to be able to play at Ford Field, play for the Lions. It was something I dreamed about my whole life. And, you know, it was, I was just, it was disappointing to me that I was only able to do it for a short period of time. And because of your great career at U of M and as an NFL player, uh, you recently were inducted into the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame, and congratulations on that honor, first and foremost. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. And what did that mean to you, being inducted into the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame? Well, it was, um, it was uh, uh, you know, offensive linemen don't get a lot of honors, and, and to be able to get an honor like that, it really signified that people noticed that, you know, I think the total package that I was in terms of my, my ability to play, my ability to lead, um, and to be a good citizen uh, in the state of Michigan, you know, at Michigan, uh, you know, the university, and, and, and really, I, I've always wanted to, when I was growing up, there were a lot of guys that I looked up to, and when I met them, some of them lived up to, to, to what I had in my mind, and, and some guys didn't, and I always wanted to be that guy that, you know, that, that kids wanted to be or, or kids wanted to be like and hopefully be better than me. And, um, you know, it was it was a tremendous honor. And, and, and honestly, it was, all, it was a little bit embarrassing for me because offensive linemen, I, I can't be a good offensive lineman if I don't have a great guard next to me, if I don't have a good center and a, and a good, you know, unit of five guys. So, you know, to be up there, there really should have been, you know, Zach Adamy, um, you know, uh, uh, Jeff Backus, Steve Hutchinson, Mo Williams, Chris Seaman, those type of guys that, that really, they gave it everything they had. And there's going to be a number of those guys that are going to be standing up there as well. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for the moment that they get that phone call uh, because they deserve it just as much. And, John, let's look at the current Michigan football team now. And wanted to ask your opinion about the O-line, which has been critiqued heavily, been criticized as being a little bit weak, maybe one of the weaker links of this current U of M football squad. Now, how would you evaluate the performance of that O-line up to this point in the season? Well, I, I would never use the term weak uh, for a Michigan offensive line. These guys are uh, they're all good players. Um, and I think one of what I would use is, is probably inexperienced. You know, we know we've got a, a very good left side with Mason Cole, Ben Bredesen, and, uh, and Patrick Kugler is doing a tremendous job at center. On the right side, you've got two guys that came into the season with absolutely no experience, and there's only so many different things or, or so many different situations you can be put in in practice. And even, even those situations are different in the game because the speed is different. Things happen at a different pace, um, and you don't have the comfort of going back to the huddle and, and the coach going over the play with you. You're on to the next play. And, um, you know, uh, I think Michael Onwenu is learning and improving every week. Uh, Nolan Ulizio, I think, is doing a, a very good job at, at right tackle of, of the same thing learning how to play the game and experiencing those things. And, and would we like them to get there faster? Sure. I'd love them to get there faster. That's not the way it works, though. So um, I think we'll, we'll see a lot more of John Runyon Jr. at that right guard spot. 
um, because I think he's played very well. He did uh, a great job when he came in, you know, as a relief pitcher there against Purdue. Um, and I think even once uh, against uh, Air Force, he was he was in there for one of those touchdowns or for the only touchdown we had with Ty Isaac. So I, I really think that there's going to be marked improvement coming out of this bye week. The guys are going to get a chance to look at the film um, and just kind of slow it down a little bit and say, okay, here's what we got to work on. Here's what we do well. We got to make sure we keep doing those things well. Um, so I think coming up against Michigan State, I think we've got a huge advantage coming off the of bye week. John Jansen, co-host of the Michigan Tailgate and pregame shows on the Michigan Sports Network on radio, which is anchored by WWJ AM 950. And, John, looking at this MSU game now, which is always a huge rivalry game, obviously, with a lot of implications, and bragging rights on the line, obviously, for both sides. What do you think about John O'Corn being the QB going into this game? How do you expect him to perform? Uh, I expect him to be great. Um, I really do. And, and the expectation at Michigan's for the position, not the player. So I expect him to go in there and, and play as well, if not better, than, uh, than Wilton Spate. I expect him to go in there and play like all the other Michigan quarterbacks that have come before him. And I think that uh, with where our offensive line is right now um, and where our offense is, this might be a little bit of a blessing in disguise because he provides a little bit more of an elusive target back. Um, you know, we've had some leakage. We've given up 12 sacks so far this year. We've averaged three a game. So to be able to have a quarterback there that can escape the pocket a little bit better um, may, be, may be a good move for us. And, you know, you, I, I know John would tell you this. He, he would never want to get the, 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 the starting position because somebody got hurt. But that's where we are. He's going to be the starting quarterback. And I, I expect him to go out there and, and play great. How big is this game for the players, being a former player and knowing what it's like to go out there and play against MSU? Uh, this is this is a huge game. It's probably going to be the most physical one uh, that they've played to date. In fact, I'm not going to say almost. It will be the most physical game that they've played um, year to date. The only one that might be a little bit more physical at the end of the year will be uh, uh, the Ohio game, and that's just because, one, it's a great rivalry, and there's always a little bit more riding on it at the end of the year. But for the guys that grew up in the state of Michigan – there's really no bigger game because you're going to have you're going to have to live with the results of this game for a year. And in Michigan, there is nowhere that you can go that people one don't know you're a Michigan football player, and they all know the results of this game. So if you run into some Spartans and you lost this game, they are going to be damn sure to let you know what happened and how it happened, and, and you know, and that they're better. Yeah. And that is. That's hard to deal with for 365 days. I only had to do that once. We lost in 95, and the rest of the time I was 3-1. and one. We won the other three games, and, um, you know, and, and, and Michigan's a little bit different. We expect to win. All right, that's, that's the standard. We've won 69 of those games. Michigan State's only won 35 of them, so we've got them 2-1 to one almost. And, uh, and so when, after we win the game, we don't have to go around and tell everybody that we won. We just move on to the next game. It's expected at Michigan, I can tell. And I know it would be hard to hear from the MSU faithful after losing that game against Sparty. So I know Michigan does not want that to happen. And uh, nobody playing at U of M would like that to happen. Now, I've got to get your prediction before I let you go here on uh, this edition of the Top Cat Sales Podcast, John. Uh, what is it? And give us a final score as well. Well, I think this is uh, uh, it's going to be a little bit determined by what type of weather we have. Um, you know, it's supposed to be windy, very windy. Uh, we might get some rain, uh, maybe even, you know, in the second half. 
And you're looking at two offenses that have been inconsistent. You're looking also at two defenses that have been very good. The, the linebacking core for Michigan State with uh, Chris Fry, Andrew Dowell, and uh, Joe Bocci. I think those guys are very good linebackers, very good players. Um, and we all know what Michigan's defense has. Uh, and and they're, a, they're a top-tier defense. And when you've got two defenses playing against inconsistent offenses, I think it's going to be a struggle to, win, to, to score points. I think it's going to be very low scoring uh, due to the defensive battle and the weather. So I'm looking at a probably a 17-10 to 10 victory for Michigan. And now maybe the most important question I'll leave you with. Will you be wearing your Valiant suit jacket? Uh, it goes with me wherever I go. <laughs> and you look great with it. You look rather lovely, I would say, with that Valiant suit jacket. And I have one as well. I might be donning it uh, for the game, too. All right, man. I, I'll, I'll be looking for you in the, in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> great to hear, John. Uh, great talking to you, and best of luck to you. Thanks a lot. Go Blue.